Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Welcome, my fellow baby boomers, to another episode of Another Day Above Ground. That's right, we're still here. Don't know how long that's going to last, so we have to celebrate every single day. And I can't celebrate by myself. I need my two baby boomer partners to do it with me. First of all, from the great state of Indiana, the Aristotle of comedy, Mr. Tim Slagle. Kanye West has just announced his bid for the presidency. And if he gets elected, that means that Kim Kardashian will only be the second biggest ass in the White House. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And joining us from Denver, Colorado, the beauty to our beasts, it's uh, Carolyn Strauss. Hey, everybody. Yep, it is summer, and um, I'm hoping you're all staying cool. I'm just waiting for the electric grid to go down, because what else could happen, right? Oh, don't ever say that. Don't Locus. ever say what else could go wrong. Locus. The answer is locusts. The answer is always locusts when that happens. Locus. We've got murder hornets. What do we need locusts for? <laughs> And that voice who came in with locusts, that happens to be our special guest for today. Because as baby boomers, you know, we're very concerned primarily about our retirement. And our retirement concerns the economy, what's happening in the stock market. You know, my 401k is now a, a 115L. You know, so <laughs> what's what's happening to it? And uh, so we brought on our, uh, our house economist, friend of the show, uh, Mary Kelly. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. You are the highlight of my day, my week, my year, and every other day above ground. I am so sorry about that, really. (laughs) (laughs) Really, you got to get out more, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mary, what's uh, what's going on? We, you know... The market's up, the market's down. They're saying that the, you know there's going to be a huge recession. Maybe not. We don't know. We don't know when the pandemic's going to end. We don't know what else is going to end. China today said they have bubonic plague now. So oh, yes. Welcome, welcome back to the 1500s. I mean, you know, what, what, what's going on? So first off, as you know, the bubonic plague, also called the Black Death, was very active throughout most of Middle Europe from 1457 till, uh, 1447 to 1451. Just a fun fact for you. And you. in that time, it wiped out anywhere between 40 and 60% of the entire population of Europe, spreading over into the Middle East and parts of China. So the bubonic plague, by the way, is yucky. Um, people who... <laughs> It's just yucky. It falls into the yucky category. And it reminds me right now, because back then, um, you had these big pustulous, bulbous things that focused around your lymph nodes, which is your armpits, your groin, so not very nice. And if you've ever drained an absent an abscess on a farm animal. I'm not sure if you've ever done that, but it it bursts in this big, disgusting pile of pus, and it comes out bloody and gross and disgusting. So the bubonic plague was gross, gross, gross. Uh, the, the, The COVID virus, a pleasant walk in the park by comparison, just say. But the other part of it was these things stunk so badly that the people had to wear those big masks, which they put, that's pocket full of posies, they would put the flowers in these big masks. Which, yep. by the way, if you look at the masks we have today with the little pointy noses, it looks exactly like that. We have not come far in the past five or six <laughs> you know, centuries. We're I, right back to it. Here's an interesting... One of those big hook masks that I bought in, uh, in Venice. Yeah, so I'm thinking about starting to wear that, maybe fill it with parsley. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> here's a here's an interesting fun fact how the bubonic plague actually got originally from china to europe was that mongols launched corpses over the walls into italy with uh oh. to, they used the bubonic plague as a weapon see wow. early biological welfare the mongols were smart wow. so now we use airplanes they use catapults nah, same <laughs> idea, different idea same idea now, people are, I've heard that, that people are saying, oh, it's the government, they're spreading this virus by, by letting it out of airplanes and stuff, you know. So I just I flew on a plane know. and, um, you know, I did, I, I got off the plane, got in an Uber, a very lovely young man who is risking his life, I'm sure, by hauling perfect strangers around, and um, then descended into where I was landing, ran to the bathroom, jumped in the shower, sanitized everything, bathed in Clorox. It's a, it's a good experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what um, about money? What's going to happen to our money? So here's the problem. Um, officially, congratulations. We're now past the 1st of July, which means the numbers are out for the first two quarters of 2020. And to no one's surprise, we are officially in a recession. Congratulations, us. Yay. And the I crowd feel changed. like I'm in a depression. So what's the difference? <laughs> so the, diff the difference is a recession is two successive quarters of negative GDP. So GDP, of course, is your gross domestic product. And that is comprised of consumer expenditures, business investment, government expenditures, and you add in your exports minus your imports, also called your net imports or exports. So we mostly call it net exports. So it's your exports minus your imports. Right now we have a negative number. We import more than we export. So that's a negative number. Government expenditures is up by a bit because of all the stimulus packages, but business investment is down. But what's interesting is the C in the C plus I plus G equation, which is the C is the consumer confidence, expectations, and spending. Consumer spending is actually down Interestingly enough, for the top two categories, which is healthcare and retail, interesting, because we have found that staying at home, Dale, apparently you don't need to wear pants. <laughs> I didn't really need your permission either. But, you know. <laughs> but what's interesting, Dale, is now you have a lot of friends who also don't need pants. Like many of my friends have said, yeah, I could buy a skirt, but I really only need the top half. This is fantastic. So I'm not... People are not spending money on the retail world. And Carolyn, you better than anybody know the profit margins in clothing and shoes and accessories is very big or very small. Go ahead, say it. Very tiny. It's tiny, very tiny. Small. And especially when all of the retailers now are taking 50, 60, 80% off. I went shopping last week and I actually went into a store because I just had to. I was shaking so bad from not that I had to <laughs> go into the store and go shopping. And nobody went shopping in March, April, and May. So all of the spring clothing that they have to get rid of to get in the summer clothing, is it like 80% off? I've actually, um, Clarence is my guardian angel. You know, there's Clarence. Clarence is my guardian angel. He is all over it right now. So to our baby boomers, if you need to go shopping, this is the time to do it. Anyway, but stay safe and wear a mask. Go on, Mayor. So, so, so wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so, so what you're telling me is that Americans are just running around in jackets and shirts like cartoon characters. Donald Duck started it. Yes. Like yes. Donald Duck and Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Yes, pants optional. 
<laughs> you welcome to the USA. Pants optional. Masks required. Pants optional. I'm just going to get a hat and a collar and walk around like Yogi Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Got to wear a tie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Dale's been dreaming of these days for forever. He's like, the rest of the world has caught up. Exactly. A pantsless society is pantsless a society. society. So yeah, so retail is down, interestingly enough, even though personal incomes rose in April and May, and the reason personal incomes rose is because, and June, is because more people are making more money on welfare than they are by actually working. So let's just say you make $1,800 a month by actually working. In the unemployment world, I'm going to say unemployment, not really welfare, it's not fair to categorize that, but it's, it's on the unemployment rolls is now you're making half of what you're making before, so there's $900 a month. But now, with the added stimulus of $600 a week, now $2,400 a month plus $900, quick, easy math, is now in unemployment, you're making $3,300 a month. Now, all of this happy fun means that people have more disposable income, which incidentally meant people are not as dumb as you think. They bought in the month of March and June, or I'm sorry, May and June, they bought more automobiles. Interesting. And they bought them new. Did you buy a new car too? Yes, I did. The old one quit running and I figured, well, I got to go get a new one. So I shopped <laughs> online and did all the stuff online and went there and picked it up. What did you get? I got a, uh, I got an Etzel and it's, uh, <laughs> it's very nice. I bought a Toyota RAV4. I was I was hoping you weren't saying a hearse because you know that would there's that. But I could now, have a side a job with that, you know. We could put another day above ground on the side of a hearse now there is <laughs> an advertising idea. Oh, that's perfect. That's a great idea. That's what that's where I thought we were going with this, but you know, I could have been wrong. All right. So there there's that was it black? Did you get it in black? Uh no, it's red. Oh, too bad. Why? Well, with the black and the wrap, you can just extend it and write above another bit day above ground. Or you could get a coffin with wheels on it and just kind of tote that around. There you go. There you go. I can get a coffin at Costco. So, uh, you know, they have that delivered. And they deliver. Did yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They deliver. Yeah, next day delivery. Who knew? And you don't even have to be a member. Just in case you're looking for that cost savings, right? But then the, the digging is all on your own, and what a nightmare, right? <laughs> a lot of digging. <laughs> so yeah, so um, consumer expenditures increased actually for autos and homes. So interestingly enough, home prices throughout the United States, you would think, wow, for people who say they can't pay their mortgages, they are. They're paying their mortgages and they're buying more. Uh, interestingly enough, that we were worried because the first part of April, about a third of people said that they were scared that they were not going to have disposable income, so they did not pay their rents. But people are, in fact, buying homes and paying their mortgages. Mortgage uh, applications have risen across the United States, and mortgage, of course, is the money that it takes to borrow to uh, buy real estate. So home price, homes went up, autos went up in April and May. Retail and healthcare, of course, went down. So if you needed that plastic surgery job, uh, Tim, I know you were really looking for that facelift, you know, around April. Nancy Pelosi got one and uh, in April because elective surgeries were down, and apparently for her it wasn't elective. She's and shaving her <laughs> neck now. She's having so many. Yeah, really. really. She, yeah, she goes in every other week, you know, when yeah. she goes for ice cream, she gets a lift. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like wow, that's amazing. So, but elective surgeries were uh, prohibited um, unless you were special. And this, of course, has hit the medical community really hard. 
And the problem there is there's some people who simply didn't get the care they needed, which is quite bad. And then some people said, well, I was going to go in and get that care, but apparently I didn't die, so I'm just not going to worry about it. Other people are so freaked out by what they could you know, contract that they're not doing it. So healthcare numbers, again, retail and healthcare in the United States are the top two expenditures for consumers. So consumer expenditures, you have to remember, in the United States comprise about 70% of our entire GDP, which is why... What about food? What about food and food delivery? What was the expense on that? Because I'm curious how much we spent on that in the past couple months. So, interestingly enough, food from grocery stores increased depending upon where you live anywhere between 25 and 40%. And I think that's actually low. Um, what some people have learned in this whole virus experience is, wow, I am a really terrible cook. <laughs> and so, because- <laughs> I did not need this experience to tell me that. that was- <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly right. So Grubhub, of course, is up. DoorDash is up. Anybody who delivers is up. If you are will- So here's what's great about capitalism in America. If you have a car or access to a car, like if somebody just leaves the keys and they don't notice because they're sleeping, you can make money in this country by delivering stuff to people. Because right now, anything that has a delivery service is up. I found it very interesting. I was driving home the other day and I see this budget truck parked outside my house. And to my knowledge, I wasn't planning on moving, but there's this budget truck. Nope, delivering for Amazon, big old budget truck, just moving stuff in and out. Um, you can use your own personal car. You can use you know, the Dale Hearst now, whatever you want to do. If you're a little short on cash, and by the way, as a retired or semi-retired uh, group of people, it's a great way to make money. You don't see people. You just drop people's stuff off. You can actually say, I can't lift over like 20 pounds, and they have to kind of accommodate that. Um, for food deliveries, this is fantastic. If you're nice, you get tipped well. It's in addition to the service fees. The Instacarts of the world have increased, of course. So right now- All you need is a stapler, because if you're going to open it up and taste the French fries, (laughs) you've got to be able to restaple the bag. So have a car and a stapler. Okay, I so actually for- saw. I actually saw. Speaking of new cars, I actually saw last night that Ford has a deal now where if you buy a car, it comes with a guarantee that if you lose your job in the next year, they'll take the car back. Well, they can always take the car back. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> I know. That's, that's why you the quit whole paying. Idea, we'll take it back. That's the whole idea that puzzled me. But I'm guessing what it is is that we'll take it back and then you, you and suspend payments and you won't owe us anything. I, I'm guessing that's what it is. But, you know, that kind of that doesn't really help. It's like, OK, I lost my job and now they're taking my car away. So I can't even drive for DoorDash or uh, uh, Uber Eats or something like that because now I, I, I don't even have a vehicle. I traded it in to get that. You, you, are you going to give me back the car you took? See, and this is, Tim, you're absolutely right. And this is one of the issues with mortgages as well. Many banks and credit unions and other financial institutions have come out to their, um, you know, the, their borrowers and said, hey, if you want, we will suspend your payments for three months. <laughs> okay, so that sounds like a great idea. But if you don't have money for three months, how in God's name are you supposed to have three months worth exactly. of money plus that month's worth on month four? Like it just is not going, I mean, you're going to rob a bank? Well, wait, you already have the mask. Maybe that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a car going down the street the other day with a mattress strapped on the roof. And I'm thinking, hookers Global are home. delivering. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, did you get a, home right Did there. you get a good look at that mattress, Dale? That's uh, it's $15 <laughs> you don't want to spend. 
That is true. You read the oh, stains God. like a Rorschach test. Uh, <laughs> oh, so nasty. So nasty. So one of the things I'm worried about with our audience is many folks are just saying, you know what, uh, this whole idea of learning all this new technology so I can work from home, kind of a pain in the neck. I'm not really sure I want to reconfigure my office, my home office, um, increase my router speed, increase all those other things. There is a change. And here's what's scary to me. Six months ago, before all this nonsense happened, the biggest movement of people into the United States labor force, so the labor force is anybody 16 to 65, not full-time in school, not a full-time homemaker, not in the military, and not incarcerated, who is either employed or unemployed but actively looking for work. That's the labor force. The biggest movement back into our labor force was the over 55 crowd. And now all of a sudden, the 50, over 55 crowd is going, you know what? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Wait, I go to work. I shake hands with somebody. I could die. Maybe I'll just stay home and eat peanut butter and ramen. Hmm. Maybe it's just not worth it. And then there's some parents who are thinking they're looking at their 26-year-old because the average is a 26-year-old college-educated male who's living with mommy and daddy. And you're like, you know what? We have now switched switch places. We own the house. You're going to take care of us now. It starts today. <laughs> this is my retirement plan. You can have the master suite. We're taking the basement. <laughs> but we're keeping the master suite, but now you have to buy the groceries. You go out and earn the money. You do all this because, uh, yeah, we, uh, we have finally decided that it stops here. So it's interesting that retirement is such a focus right now because people are wondering, what are we supposed to do if we're looking to protect ourselves, especially right now? I just read in the paper today, and this is yet another sign of over-politically correctness, they're no longer going to be calling them master suites. Because yeah. master does, uh, has a connotation of the master must own somebody. So they're not going to call them master suites anymore. They're calling, I don't know, big bedrooms or the number one bedroom or something like that. But that is going out of the real estate uh, language, master suite. So Eight does rooms. it mean... It a king size bed is now going to be called what? What is a queen size bed? Are we going to have to reverse this and call it jumbo? <laughs> Probably hopeful for some people. Large and extra I'll large. A diverse bed. And the king size bed is going to be a big diverse bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, for you, Carolyn. <laughs> Maybe there's just a label that's room for friends. I don't know. <laughs> so where should or what should we do with the money that we have left? Where should we should we be putting it anywhere? Should we just be sitting on it? Should we be spending it? Should we be what? So first off, if you have any debt, get rid of the debt. Uh, right okay. now, many people said, oh, but I'm going to get this, the IDA loan or the PPP loan or all these other things because I can get 3%. Most good home mortgages rolling into this had about a 3 to 4% rate anyway. So get it, taking on new debt is not a good idea, especially if you're you know, 55, 65, 75 years old. It's just not a good idea. Unless you think you're going to die soon. And then in that case, go get as much as you want. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> But, but let's just say you want to be responsible. You, you want to be responsible. Keep in mind, debt cannot be passed on to your children. Really? So, mm -mm. 
You cannot inherit debt. Now, having said that, the children cannot inherit anything else until the debt has been paid off. So you don't get to pass your house or anything like that. But for some of you people out there, and maybe you don't like your kids so much anyway, you just, you just start spending. You just have a good time. You rack it up. Now, the way to do it, of course, if you're going to be irresponsible, is not to go get a loan. What you want to do is just call your credit card companies up and increase your credit limits. Again, if you think you're going to die soon, you know, go, go, go have some fun. Eat, <laughs> get some of the few remaining restaurants that are open. We have can't a good go time. anywhere. What kind of fun, Mary? Now that's the challenge right now, right? Nothing's open. We well, can't I go think, anywhere. We can't go to Europe. I think Dale has a list of fun things to do at home. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, but that usually just involves me. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it could involve a monetary transaction. And a mattress on a roof. See? People would pay to watch me do that? <laughs> oh, I, didn't people, I didn't say people would pay you, sweetheart. <laughs> well, you never know, you know. <laughs> Something for everyone. Spankit.com. Do I have So we should avoid debt. Always do. turns out this way. Yeah, so avoid the debt. And don't get tempted into doing things that you don't want to do. I know that's crazy coming from me, but... Don't many people are thinking, <laughs> really? Where are you now? I know, right? Um, so I am in Texas because my, as I was telling the folks before this, my mom wound up in the emergency room yesterday. And because we as professional speakers are not on the road nearly enough, especially during COVID, um, and the rest of my siblings all claimed a uh, fear of airports and diseases and all that. And frankly, <laughs> it's good for me to travel sometimes. Um, it's good for, it's good. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's, it falls into the, how can I miss you if you never go away category? So, <laughs> That's why I own a motorcycle. I'll be back in three days. See ya. <laughs> so I, yeah, I hopped on a plane. So I'm working out of uh, the virtual office here, as you can see. But what's a little bit concerning, again, for your crowd is uh, don't take on debt that you don't need. It's just dumb. And it's just more of a headache, um, applications, forms. And really, do you want the government looking into your business? The answer is probably no. So number two, when, there's going to be another dip in the market in the next six months, and it is going to correlate with the uncertainty of the political cycle. So again, I really don't care what your political beliefs are. Um, if you're dumb, don't vote. That's what I'm going to tell you. Don't vote. I would rather I would rather dumb people not not you know if you don't care about the issues and you're not going to interest yourself in the in what's going actually on, then don't vote because an ignorant vote is just dumb. Uh, I realize that is not what the get out the vote people would say. But I would really encourage people to look at things like voting records. I know, be responsible. Dale, you're in Chicago where vote twice, vote often, vote several times. I think they make those as bumper stickers, don't they? I'll be able to vote more once I'm dead. <laughs> that's probably true and you don't need id so that's that's all exactly. great exactly yeah it, it's i i'm i'm with you on that one mary you, you know the when we have i, I think a hundred percent uh voter participation would be uh a president kanye that's the you that's, know what and there's this thing called name recognition. So, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of places he could go with that. Uh, and, you know, he could probably, his, I think his, um, his slogans and his songs would be great. You know, getting it, you know, it would be catchy even. Yeah. I think there's a way to go with that. But when, when, we're, when we want, you know, when we want 
everyone to vote. We're we're asking that you know the the most powerful seat in the in in the, the the world should be picked by the same people who think you can lose weight without diet and exercise, or that you can make fifty thousand dollars a week from home without any investment. I mean, these these are the kind of people that you know that uh, the late night advertising caters to. We don't want them voting. Exactly. Wait a second. Okay, Carolyn used to be one of those late night advertisers selling you stuff. So I just got to defend on that because my mom wore those pants today, Carolyn. I just want you to know. <laughs> oh, so she's still in a coma. <laughs> well, she's wearing pants, so that's a good yeah, thing. See? <laughs> she's wearing pants. Um, so, yeah, so the retirement thing, here's what's going to happen. Heading up to the election. First off, the stock market, like the human brain, hates uncertainty. The habenula of our brain is the part of the brain that dictates our behavior and our actual actions. So it's a thought process that gets in there and dictates our behavior. We don't like change. We don't like uncertainty, which is why this whole coronavirus a seclusion thing has been so hard on so many people because it's day-to-day living with uncertainty. And as humans, we don't like that, which is why our brain naturally jumps to a conclusion or an assumption, which can oftentimes be, well, stupid. So having said that, we're in that situation, and now we've got job pressures, and many people are saying, well, do I really want to keep working? Is this a good idea? If I'm going to be dead anyway, why am I spending my time at work? Oh, wait, and going to work could kill me? Maybe this is a terrible idea. (laughs) But then you have to think about, well, on the off chance that I don't die, and the statistics say, um, really, we're still at 0.6% of the population who actually contracts it dying. And I realize as an economist, we talk about numbers as though they don't matter. And yes, every single person who has gotten this and unfortunately suffered from this is tragic. But in terms of all the other things that could kill you, um, this is yet just another thing to add to the list. So we do have to be careful. And I get that. But this is going to take a hit on some of the people who are going, you know what? I really don't want to go back to work. So here's what's going to happen. At the end of July, all of these unemployment benefits are going to run out as of right now. That means a lot of these people are going to have that spike at the end of any unemployment cycle. So in a normal 26-week unemployment cycle, which is how long you're allowed to get unemployment in a normal situation. Now, under President Obama, he extended that for two years. And here's the problem. At the very beginning of the unemployment cycle, the two to three weeks, you have you have basically what's called frictional unemployment. It doesn't mean they hate their boss. It just means they move to another city and there was a change. So that's a frictional unemployment movement. There is a structural unemployment, which is what we're going to see for some of our more senior workers. These are the people, those little people who used to make eight-track tapes. See, they're not around anymore. And they decided they didn't want to do DVDs or CDs or flash drives. So they became obsolete. That's structural Kodak. unemployment. Kodak, right. So then there's seasonal unemployment. So let's say you're a lifeguard in the summer, Dale, and you're a ski instructor in the winter. That's seasonal unemployment, okay? So then we've got cyclical unemployment. So when unemployment hits, and all of a sudden you get, you say, well, I can get paid for 26 weeks. Those people who are just naturally changing jobs, they're only on unemployment for two to three weeks because they know they're going to another job. Maybe they're in the process of looking for another job, but they're back to work fairly quickly. And then all of a sudden we see this long period of time. We saw this under President Obama. At the end of two years, like there was this big spike at the very beginning. And then there was nothing until the last couple of weeks of the end of that two-year period. And all of a sudden you saw that spike again because 
uh, people had what I call the honey, get your butt off the couch moment where they said, okay, <laughs> unemployment is running out, go get a job. So now we're going to see that at the end of July and the early part of August, we're going to see the spike of people coming back to work because that 26 weeks will be over unless they extend it. Now, once that happens, two things will happen. <laughs> in big city, crime is going to go up. Yay, team. Have fun in Chicago there, there Dale. It's yeah, it can't up. go up too much more. You know, geez. I, Bring I back know. Al Capone. He killed less people. <laughs> So that's going to happen. But then there's also going to be people who just say, you know what, I'm just not going back to work. So even though we've got about 48 million people on unemployment right now, not all those people are interested in coming back to work. And some people are saying, you know what, I was doing so well on unemployment that maybe I'm just going to go, I'm just not going to go get a job. I'm just going to start my own business because it looks so gosh darn easy. So that's going to be a problem as disposable income all of a sudden crashes to a halt at the beginning of August. And then we get into the political cycle. And the uglier the political cycle gets, the more uncertainty it creates in the market. And the more the uncertainty happens in the market, the more the markets don't like it and they react with downward trends. So right now, it's a good time to be looking really hard at your dogs, your dogs with fleas. And by that, I'm not talking the furry canines that are sitting at your feet. I am talking about your market picks that don't look very good because those are going to be the first ones to really crash. Now, you have to remember that right now, the restaurant industry is suffering badly. I saw a report from The Economist that said 85% of all restaurants in New York City are never coming back. They wow. simply can't wow. do it. Well, partly because they were looted. Um, the looting is the looting and the riots. Again, I don't really care what your political affiliations are, but we can all agree that um, burning other people's stuff and stealing their stuff—that's bad behavior, and it's costing us billions that we haven't paid for yet. And once that hits, your taxes are going to go up, your insurance premiums are going to go up, and especially if you've got a store for a business, you're going to go wait a second, why do I have this when I'm just open for looting and the cost to insure this is going to be really high? So that's going to be very problematic because everybody's insurance in third and fourth quarter is going to be much higher. And I don't care if it's for autos, life insurance, uh, property, whatever, your insurance is going to go up. You know, it's great to be an economist because we are the least fun person at your party. <laughs> You know what they uh, call an economist that built an airplane? A boring 707. But, you know, <laughs> one more question. One more question for you, Mary. So what do we do with our investments? I mean, we, we don't want to sell them all because then we got capital gains taxes. We don't, what, I mean, what do we do with our investments? So that's a great question. Um, the capital gains tax, so the, the only real way to avoid that without being you know, paying ridiculous numbers, is if you've got a charity that you want to donate to, do it in terms of your stock so that you're not getting dinged. Um, because then, for example, if you, if you give um, an Amazon stock to a charity, and let's say Amazon stock today is about $3,000, and you bought it at $1,500, guess what? They get $3,000. Um, you don't get, you don't pay the capital gains because you're not the one who cashed it in. And that way they get $3,000 from you that they can use. And it only costs you say $1,500, which is what you bought on it. And then you don't pay capital gains. That's and then you can, deduct the full three, you can deduct the full 3,000 from your taxes as a Correct. charitable donation as well. Correct. So it have to be a real charity or can it be a close friend? No, it has, to, thought, Mayor. <laughs> yeah, it has to be a real charity, has to be a legitimate 501. But many times people say, well, um, you know, they want cash from you. Well, they want, what they want is something liquid that they can, that can be turned into cash. So a stock, you can do that. Um, you can also look really hard, you know, you can always uh, look really hard at reducing your um, income requirements in retirement. And this is what COVID has taught a lot of people is we really don't need to spend as much money as we were spending before all this. Now, 
economically, that's a disaster because I want you to get out there and spend some money. That's one of the things I want you to do. I want you to go shopping. I want you to get takeout. I want you to support restaurants. Um, even when those restaurants are making it a little bit hard for you to buy from them and they get your orders wrong and it's just a disaster, I still want you to go out there and spend money. So go, go, spend, spend, spend like your life depends on it. It's like a Jumanji you know, reference because it does. So go out there and spend, have a good time. Any expenditure you make, uh, you have to understand that we're helping the economy. But you may need to look hard, especially now, at are you in your retirement house? And if you are not, where would that be and what would it look like? Right now, 55 and older communities are exploding in terms of development across the United States. And what's making them more expensive is, of course, we can't find enough workers in the construction industry to build them. So what I think is- That's why we've had guests that say, go to the other side of the wall. If you haven't listened to our other episodes, go check- Retire in Mexico. Yeah. Well, the problem with Mexico and retiring Mexico, it would not be my first choice simply because, you know, I used to do some counterintelligence work and um, Mexico has areas where there is no law and order. Um, You think the CHOP, the CHAZ, whatever that zone in Seattle had no law enforcement. Look at Sinaloa in Mexico. That is some scary, scary stuff. Um, So, yeah, I I wouldn't go to Mexico. However, uh, Guatemala... If you're armed and you have your own, um, you know, Uzi or AK, you're in good shape. Um, but I like Costa Rica a lot, Panama, um, South America is great. Have fun with that. But think really hard about when you need to li- liquidate your funds. And now is a terrific time for people to accurately assess your real budget. If you need help with your budget, go to productiveleaders.com forward slash the word free. And it takes you to not only an entrepreneur's budget, but a just starting out budget, a retiree budget. And it does all the math for you. It's totally customizable, totally downloadable. I don't take your information. I don't really want to know your finances. Um, I look at macro things, not so much micro things. And so there's that, uh, just download it, get your finances in order. I realize that doesn't sound fun, but it's a fun math project when you look at things and go, wow, I had no idea I was spending so much time on medical care. Well, fantastic, Mary. You have given us a lot to think. Many people are going to have to listen to this podcast twice just to get all the information, you know, but we do know that, that if you're a baby boomer, don't take on any more debt. Give all of your money to your kids right now and then just run up expenses as high as you can and give your <laughs> stock to a charity. And if you need one, I have one, Dale's Home for Unwed Fathers, and we're accepting donations of that sort. Once again, Mary Kelly, you have done a wonderful job for us. Thank you so much for enlightening us on stuff we just don't realize. This is where you say thank you. Thank you. Oh, Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah, no, I thought there was a gap there. I thought there was more. I thought there was more. Um, There's always more with Dale. There's always more. Just like a woman, I thought there was more. That's it? You mean it's over? <laughs> it's almost over. We're going to, uh, do you have any last words? Or where can people reach you, Mary, if they want to get some, uh, if they'd like to hire you to speak or if they'd like to get some uh, personal financial information that you can charge them for? As you know, I'm usually found around dogs and wine or any combination thereof. Um, my email is mary at productiveleaders.com because who wants an unproductive leader? Well, that's true. That's true. Well, go vote. And uh, just some last words before we sign off, because Mary has, has wonderfully filled up our, our show. Any last words, Carolyn, for you? I just wish everybody um, coolness. <laughs> it's 92 in Chicago. Thank you. Yes, I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm having fun. Tim, how about you? 
Check out my website, timslegel.com. And your other podcast, uh, Rule of Three, uh, yeah, with Tim Slagle, which is also good. And please go to daleurban.com, sign up for free for the Friday Funnies. Other than that, this has been a wonderful show full of wonderful information because it is another day above ground. We'll see you all next week. And that's it for another day above ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.